just thought to take a little time out to thank the Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for season six. Thank you. Who would have thought a podcast could be a gift? Really? That pressing B could spiritually uplift and simultaneously give a Pharisee fits. <laughs> all in all, you the one controlling it. So, the Lord is my shepherd. I can't go skit. So, this new pot life is like a skit, though. A lot of people swinging. I didn't even throw a pitch, though. Uh, forehead is flint, what I'ma flinch for? Nothing. We all gonna repent for what we did, so I'ma keep it moving, ain't no stripper or no cussing Gonna ruin what we doing, we are dwelling in communion Assignment is different, dwellers get the sentiment Vulnerability's my superpower, how many feeling it? Thank you Lord for this influence Without you, influence just don't make sense Nah If you've got a problem, who's going to solve it? It isn't going to be the therapist. The amount of stuff that are, that's going into our kids' uh, heads is unprecedented. <laughs> to make you doubt God. That felt good. Hey, okay, great. How can you press your restart button in your life? I am going to help you get over your past, be able to embrace your present, and plan for an incredible future. So join me and let's reset together. And for a very short time, get Master Reset every other course from Tim, plus an entire library of courses that will change your life. Plans are starting at $8.25 per month with the code BASEMENT. Click on the link in the description or go to tomap.com and sign up today. Welcome to the basement, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Love you. So good to see you. Hope you guys are doing well. I am your host, Tim Ross. I love you guys. And um, it's a solo dolo. We're chilling. Want to give a shout out to Press B. Want to give a shout out to the dwellers. Want to give a shout out to our promoters. Uh, we're so grateful that you have taken the time to hang out, us, hang out with us once again in the basement. Uh, to all of you extravagant givers through PayPal and Cash App, I love you guys. And thank you for supporting us thank you for supporting us on youtube uh thank you for your giving whether it's a dollar or whether it's thousands of dollars uh we appreciate you and we put it right back into this pod so we can keep bringing you this content boys do you understand it's been uninterrupted since we started no i hadn't known that uninterrupted uninterrupted we haven't had a week that was off or you know how some people break after oh yeah yeah 
you know what I mean? They'll break after a season and be like, hey, we'll be back in four weeks. Or so, Tim, I'll, are you saying we're consistent for the Lord? <laughs> I, I, yes. I, yes, for the Lord and for this pod and for our audience. I, I, I believe we are consistent. I think so, too. Yeah. And and I like it. I'm I'm uh, this is my job now. Yeah, I did. Like, I, I, I don't know that I somebody pays me to do this, which is That's wild wild <laughs> to sit in my house yeah. have you clocked in recently like is there an adp machine around here a paycom a paycom app right there? what are we doing here i have to walk out of the back door and around to the front and then that's where i punch in oh yeah yeah, yeah there's a seven digit security number i have to put in there it's to get social. back in my own my own house that's the only way i can write it off for taxes praise god thanks <laughs> You gotta cut those no, corners. I, I love it. I love it. You, you said you gotta put. You gotta do what? You gotta you gotta cut, cut those, those corners, corners, bro. You gotta <laughs> cut the corners. Yeah, it's a American dream. They're, they're <laughs> and if we don't, if we don't clock in, Eunice will send a slack. Well, <laughs> get around heat. And we're on the beta Not version. Not a slack. Nah, nah. We we are we're too tight knit for that. Um, the basement fam. We just got text group messages. That's it. That's we ain't doing no slacking and all that kind of stuff. When, once the organization grows to that point. Um, I gotta hire somebody else because I'm a visionary. I don't. You wouldn't want me as a day to day boss. I'm the worst. I like that you know that about yourself, though. Oh yeah, like I had to fire myself from Embassy City before I transitioned from Embassy City. What was that like? Uh, it was humbling. Yeah, yeah. It was 2019. Wait, it, wait, wait. Can I ask? <laughs> were you asked to, or or were you? No, no, no. I fired myself. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, I yeah. I came up with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't asked to. I I um. The church had doubled by 2019 in attendance and um, I just wasn't in, I wasn't in like being a nine to five day in and day out person. That's not me. I cast vision that I need to leave. Like I need to go think. Yeah. Um, I remember telling the elders one day, you think you pay me to talk, but you don't. You think you pay me to preach, but you don't. You actually pay me to think. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people out here talking. They don't think before they talk. Mm. <laughs> they make YouTube videos. They don't think before they talk. Yeah. So I think before I talk. So, um, uh, so I fired myself at the end of 2019, and then I hired uh, Greg Poss. So dope that the Lord would send me somebody whose last name rhymes with mine, <laughs> right? So then God sent me uh, Greg Poss, and he essentially became the COO of Embassy City while I was there as the lead pastor. And I got out of his way. Yeah. And he he hired people and fired people and ran the nine to five day to day. And um, I met with him once a week and met with the staff once a month and hugged on them all the rest of the time. Like I you got you just gotta know the lane. You gotta know your lane. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of people, a lot of people wanna do business and and they they find glory in I'm the boss and I have mm-hmm. the last word and I I'm the one that's gonna say this that and the other and I ain't got that issue like <laughs> I'm I'm if if I land on the side of empowering people yeah now if if I empower you and you abuse it then I'll just yank your chain yeah and if you went off the chain then you can walk out the door yeah like that's that's my philosophy. And um, that has served me well. But, man, those first three years, let's see, started in 15, so 16, 17, 18, 19. Gosh, it would have been four years. 
Those those were the most painful years. <laughs> yeah. Was me trying to be in a position that was not me. Mm. Cuz a lot of people think lead pastor is like some glorious thing, right? right? But like the calling of God and planning a church doesn't come with an MBA degree. Right. Like you don't wind up with you know, a master's in business administration and and you know how to do the ins and outs and you got organizational leadership down to a lock and you know what to do with employees and stuff like that, man, fam. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with none of that. Yeah. So I just I just moved on. Decided not to do it. Yeah. So you do you do this really really well. Um and it's kind of an anti cultural thing. Mm. You don't fake it till you make it. Hell no. You're like one of the first people to be like I don't know what I'm doing. Hell no. Like, like I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And and you are so comfortable in that. Yeah. Um, what's your mindset behind that? Like, how do you get there? Because a lot of people are being told, hey, fake it till you make it. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, pretend to. And then and then you'll get it. All right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about faking it till you make it. All right. So let's say you pretend to. Yeah. And let's say yeah. the first two times you pretend, you actually get it right. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like guessing answers on a test. You get the first two tries right. Now, under your false pretense, the people that experience you think you actually know what you're doing. <laughs> so now you're on level three of Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> and the turtles have wings, fam. Yeah. You're dead. Because <laughs> the only turtles you're used to seeing yeah. are the ones that just walk on the ground and, you know, yeah. snap at you. Now these have wings. And you don't know what to do. Why? You faked it the first two levels. Mm. And it got you somewhere, but you weren't prepared for the next real challenge. So ignorance is endearing. What's up, hot mama? <laughs> Your pretty self. You going to the she shed? Can I have a kiss first, though? Ask me if I care if this podcast is going on when you, when you come in here. <laughs> Hi. Good morning. Hi, morning, God's you? kid. Oh. Bro's in love. Bro is in love. God's kid. I love you, baby. Dude's Twitter painted. <laughs> Dang. All love right. y'all. Hope you guys enjoy season six. And we are saluting off. Yo, well, well, listen, dude, I've, I've been with Juliet for 25 years. We've been married for 24, and I'm still in love with her, like madly in love with her. My yeah. heart still flutters. That's like no cap, dude. I, this is, that ain't camera work right now. Like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? My wife is just, that's my person. I, I just, well, I just love her. If the dwellers can't tell by now, like when she enters the room, just by how your eyes light up, <sighs> it's all over you, bro. Oh, God, the girl. <laughs> It's just the girl, man. It's the girl. She's my girl. What was we talking about? We were talking about Mario Brothers. Yeah, so Mario <laughs> Brothers, right? You skip those levels, then you see turtles that that fly and throw hammers yeah. and you die. Yeah. Right? So um I think there's I think it's endearing to be blissfully ignorant. Mm-hmm. I I've endeared myself to leaders mm-hmm. because I just was like, I don't know what to do. Well, it's like you're pure hearted. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's it, how you present yourself. You're yeah. so pure hearted. There's not a weird motive in you to be this creepy, weird person that yeah. wants to 
yeah. dictate everything. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what, was it always, so you said that was the learning curve in embassy for the four years. Were, were you aware of that even at Potter's House and Gateway and all those things too? Or was it always still a struggle of they kept giving you all this leadership and you had to figure it out as you went along? No, no, no. I've always had that awareness. I think what happened at Embassy City was the buck stopped with me. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to get hired on as a young adult pastor yeah. and be aware that, oh, man, I've never been a pastor in my life. I've been a youth evangelist and now I'm a lead. Now I'm a young adult pastor. Yeah. But the buck don't stop with me. Mm-hmm. The buck stopped with Bishop Thomas Dexter Jake Sr. Yeah. Right. So then you move on to uh, Gateway and Robert Morris is now your lead pastor. Right. Which can we just say real quick? I won the human lottery twice. Yeah, you did. As it relates to preachers. Yeah. As it relates to churches. Yes, you did. Yeah. As it relates to pastors. Yeah. I won the lottery two times in a row. I played the Powerball twice. <laughs> Bro. And guess what? I wound up with a billion dollars, yeah, fam. Why? Because I wound up getting to serve mm. Bishop Jakes and Robert Morris, and I never have to leave the state of Texas. Yeah. I don't even have to leave the Metroplex. That's true. Bro, God gave you also like two different, different cultures, too massively different cultures <laughs> massively different cultures right so um uh spiritually and culturally and okay. ethnically right so 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 then i wind up uh, uh at gateway and uh under robert's leadership and it's the same thing the book doesn't stop with me so there's there's a learning curve but i can make some mistakes it ain't the book don't stop with me when you're the lead pastor, it's different, fam. Being an assistant coach and then moving up to a head coach, different feeling. Yeah. Right? Working for a company versus owning the company, different feeling. Right? And everybody thinks they want to be an owner. Everybody thinks they want to be an executive. It's a different feeling when the buck stops with you. The check stops with you. The lawsuit stops with you. The you know what I mean. The the hiring stops with you. The firing stops with you. The promotion stops with you. The demotion stops with you. Dividends and quarterly earnings and taxes and yeah. Everybody ain't able, fam. Everybody ain't able. We got to stop trying to convince everybody that they're gonna be millionaires. Yeah. Cause everybody ain't. Everybody's not gonna be a millionaire. Sorry, everybody's not gonna be a freaking CEO. Is Somebody's going to be an employee. Yeah. Somebody is going to be an employee. Yeah. Forever. Their whole life. Like, and make a good salary. Mm-hmm. But you ain't going to own. Stop. Yeah. You ain't about to start a Smoothie King franchise. You ain't, no, you're going to work for somebody, right? Yeah. Because that's the way you're wired. But we're trying to tell everybody they're about to be the owner of something. And if everybody's the owner, who's the employee? Mm-hmm. We ain't encouraging employees no more. Have you been to an, or- an organization where everyone thought they were a boss, so it felt like there was no leadership and there was always oh, confusion? God Please yes. walk me through your experience with that. Yeah, man. Okay, so um, it's the it, uh, the it's the age old adage: there's all chiefs and no Indians, mm. right? Which the chief is the chief of the Indians. He's also Indian. So yeah. the statement's actually broken a little bit. I need to fix it. <laughs> now that I think about it, statement's broken needs to be fixed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like when everybody thinks they're the boss, 
nothing gets done. <laughs> nothing gets done because they don't even know where to fall in place. Yeah. But here's the thing. Even a good boss even knows that he or she has a role and has to play it. Because yeah. when the boss starts swerving lanes, they become micromanagerial. When they're always over your shoulder, oh, you should be doing that this way, then, then, then you do it. Right. Take it back. Why'd you even give me the damn job? Yep. Take your job back. Yep. You do it. Yep. You do it. If you're going to be behind me every seven to ten minutes telling me what to do, then you do it. So everybody can't be a boss. And yet somebody has to be. So it's the tension there, right? And then there's humility. You got to answer to somebody. Like, oh, man, I didn't. I, listen, we never know how these things are going to go. Right? <laughs> it's a leadership 101 right now. Listen, hey. here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. We got to help people to stop thinking that everything is about them and the way they feel. Come on, dude. Okay. My, 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 my oldest is now getting up at 6 a.m. Uh, to work out. And I told him, if you get up at 6 a.m. to work out, I'll get up with you. Yeah. If you don't get up to at 6 a.m. to work out, I ain't getting up at 6 a.m. to work out. Because I already have a workout schedule. Right. Right? But if you get up at 6, I will work out with you. If you don't get up at 6, I won't get up at 6 to wake you up. Mm -hmm. This is something you want to do. You wake me up, we're going to do it. Right? So it's been great. So I was telling him today that my dad worked for the U.S. Postal Service for 33 years years wow. 33 years non-stop uninterrupted work for the same organization my mother worked 30 years for the los angeles police department now those are boomers yeah i know x millennials and some z's that's not this generation no 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 we Hustle over here for three years. We work over there for 18 months. We do it. I don't want you to think about the longevity in they stayed at one place for 30 years. I want you to think about all the times they got up in the morning when they didn't feel like it and went anyway. Mm -hmm. I want you to think about how many bosses they had, supervisors they had that did not mesh with their personalities, that weren't on the, you know, they didn't see eye to eye. This boss you had was a jerk. The next one you had was really cool. The third one you had was indifferent. And guess what? Those bosses all came and went and you still there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. We ain't teaching the generation how to actually go through any type of That's good. discomfort. It ain't yeah. even, we're talking about being inconvenienced. Yeah. We ain't talking about persecution. We ain't talking about hardship. We're talking about you have a boss that's an a-hole. Yep. Welcome to the real world. Yep. Everybody ain't going to like you. Yep. You talking about a boss that wouldn't let you have your vacation when you wanted it. And we've always gone <laughs> to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> every year, every other place I work, they let me go at the same time every year. But you won't let me. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's about you. Uh, No, you work for a company, and it's bigger than you. You play a role. You ain't the brand. Yeah. You play a role in the brand. If you don't believe me, ask Kanye.
Kanye actually thought he was bigger than the brand. Mm-hmm. And then Adidas said, let me remind you <laughs> that these three stripes have been here mm. longer than you. Run DMC was stomping in these three stripes probably before you were born. <laughs> so we got to change the mindset That's good. of a generation and let them know you got to have a work ethic. Mm-hmm. I was in ministry for 27 years. Potter's House, God's Way Holiness Fellowship, Potter's House Gateway. 27 years, three churches. Not 15, not eight, not six, three. What's up, baby? You have something for me? Huh? Okay, baby. Bring we're gonna to we're gonna do it right now on YouTube. Yes, yes. Please. Okay. Oh. Okay. Thank you, baby. Why is there fighting? Can you give us a mic right here so we can count the audio? All right. Flip the box over. Okay. <laughs> Gento. <gasps> no, what is happening? <gasps> No way, dude. <laughs> that is incredible. It looks just like him. <laughs> Do y'all see this? <laughs> Look at that. Come back. Oh, right, right there. Right there. <laughs> Do y'all see that? They got their shoes and everything. Look at this. Dude, that is phenomenal. Baby, how did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the merch goes wild. Look at Those are his sneakers in his closet? Those are the sneakers in my closet. That's my sweater. That's my hat. The glasses. They got the yellow. Oh, my gosh. That's our chair. That's the blue chair. Yes, it is the blue chair. This is the blue chair. The attention to detail. 
Uh, down one more, right yeah, here. yeah, perfect. Are you kidding me right now? That's hilarious. Oh my God. This is the worst audio for those watching. <laughs> for those watching. Hey. For those on uh on uh Spotify, Spotify and, and Apple. <laughs> on iTunes, they have no idea what just happened. They have no idea. <laughs> but let me say, come, come. Oh my gosh. <sighs> You're so sweet. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. My wife is so sweet and um her her um her <laughs> on her strength finders yeah one of her strengths is individualization and so that's how you get stuff like that cuz she's just like she's done this our whole relationship she just gets me something that is so just it's who who else is it for? Right. Right. It's for you. And then the attention, the detail. Just the way she thinks about me is just very uh it's very sweet. Mm. So <sighs> I'm just gonna take that in real yeah, quick. Dude, I'm not gonna rush past marinate. that. My wife is just Enjoy it for sure. No, part of part of this podcast is real life moments. And this is a real life moment. Mm. Okay. Ooh, we <laughs> we were I was in your dining room uh, a few months ago and I mentioned to to Juliet, I was like, I really it'd be really cool if we could get Tim like a gift, like like a little action figure of Tim and then she's like oh you're hilarious she pulled out her phone and she's like I've been talking to this guy on Fiverr for weeks and she showed me all the messages and when I tell you it was she had to do everything to make sure it was perfect he would send in like here's the design she's like great and she would send a screenshot of like arrows she would point to we need to fix his beard we need to make sure the shoes are this color she wasn't playing bro no dude she that's the way she is that's the way she is all the time. She's just, she's just crazy. She's crazy, 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 crazy in love with me. <laughs> I love you with your fine self. I say it a different way. <laughs> say that a slightly different way when we're alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cutest bobblehead ever. I don't say self. 
Um, uh, oh my God, my heart is just toasty right now. Look at the bubble head, man. <laughs> He's so cute. Bubble. He's so cute. I got a little Timmy. <laughs> little Timmy. When y'all when y'all don't listen to me no more, <laughs> I'm gonna make you listen to Timmy. I'm gonna be like, oh, tell him, Timmy. You tell him. They don't want to listen to me. You tell him now. <laughs> and I'm gonna let Timmy. I'm gonna let Timmy talk. <gasps> Look at the mic stand dude. she did, dude. <laughs> Awesome sauce. So I got a Bible here <laughs> and a little bobblehead Timmy there. Okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. So um, now we're, I I definitely don't know what I was saying now, <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Huli. Huliana the Great. Huli the Great. That's my girl. All right. So so um yeah. We just need a generation to have a work ethic. You can't quit just because you didn't get your way. Mm. You can't quit just because stuff got hard. You can't quit just because they yelled at you. You can't quit because they said it in a way that you don't like. And now you're moving on. They don't respect me. They, 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 they don't know how to respect my value. You haven't earned it. Mm. <laughs> You've been here two and a half months. <laughs> And you want to be celebrated? This is what getting a freaking trophy in kindergarten does to you. <laughs> there is first place. I'm so grateful the Olympics are not succumbing to everybody's feelings. If you came in fourth, fam, we ain't remembering you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is no ribbon, fam. Because you finished the race. You didn't come in first, second, or third. We ain't got nothing to say about you. He was almost bronze. Well, he wasn't. <laughs> he was two milliseconds from being silver, but he wasn't. <laughs> he was a second and a half short of the gold, and he wasn't. There's a pecking order. Everybody ain't equal. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Everybody ain't equal. If you don't believe me, ask Yeshua. Don't even ask Yeshua. Ask his daddy if everybody's equal. Mm. I bet that they ain't. He is king of kings. Lord of lords. I know you a royal priesthood, and I know you ah. a king, and I know everybody a queen now. Say that, king. Talk your talk. Speak ah. your truth, queen. Well, guess, we're gonna, guess what you're going to have to do with that crown one day? Mm. Throw it off your head. Guess what's going to happen to your building, your, your billions after you die? Somebody else going to get it. That's what's going to happen to your car after you die. Somebody's going to drive it. That's what's going to happen to your house after you die. Somebody's going to live in it. Guess what's going to happen to your spouse after you die, especially if you're young. They're going to get remarried. Mm -hmm. Don't think this thing going to stop with you. Yeah. If I die today, everybody's going to cry. Well, not everybody, just people that know me. Because we say everybody, and I'm a right. literalist, and everybody ain't going to cry. <laughs> Some people are going to be happy. I told I told Juliet. I told Juliet. It's just the truth, bro. <laughs> I'm a realist. I'm an optimistic realist. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. the glass is half full and it's half empty. That's what optimistic realist is, right? <laughs> I just choose what to, I just choose how I'm gonna define the day, right? But if I die right now, there's gonna be ten dudes lined up for Juliet. 
It's just the reality. The girl's gorgeous. There's going to be somebody that I know. It's going to be like, hey, I'm so sorry for the loss. I've always loved you and the kids. Ugh. Just throw up. That's why I get up at 6 a.m. and work. Out myself. I don't know who the hell they are. I heard, a, I heard a lisp. I heard a lisp, and I know God speaks to you. So <laughs> just let us know who we think it is. Let's figure nah, it out. Man. Everyone in the chat. Everyone in the chat. Just kidding. Hey, I told I told Juliet. I said I just want to live long enough so you can't remarry. Yeah. So I'm like, if I can live to about 93, yeah. maybe people will leave her alone. You know what I'm saying? So that's all I'm. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, but I would rather go before Juliet because I I don't want to live without her. So, um, not that she wants to live without me, but she'll find something else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I just I I listen. I just need people to I just need people to to grow up and own the fact that you have a you have a place in this world. Everybody's place ain't the top. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Everybody's place ain't the top. I know you don't want to hear this. I know I didn't even know I was going to talk about this. Everybody's place at the top, but the top ain't ain't for everybody. Yeah. The top ain't as glamorous as you think. You see how many people falling from the top? Yeah. You want to be up there? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be on top? First of all, we need to we need to correct what is the top. Mm-hmm. So here's what I do anytime I go into an organization. I say, hey, give me your org chart. So inevitably, they all pull out an org chart, right? And, you know, the CEO and or the lead pastor, he's on top. Mm-hmm. And then you have your direct line under him and then you branch off and then it starts going down. Right. But every org chart I see always up here. Mm-hmm. You know what I do? What? I come in. I tell them to print it out. Right. They Print it out. and I see it or they write it on the board. Okay. What I do is I just take the ding. And I do like this. I knock it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I say, now tell me where you are. This way, it's vertical, right? Yeah. You're on top. And these people are on are underneath you. Tipped it over. Where are you now? Oh, I, I, I'm in the front. Exactly, fool. You should never be on top of nobody. Mm. That's the problem. Nobody should be on top. You can't handle the height. The air is too thin. You're going to fall from up there. Get in front. Lead pastor means you're leading, not hovering. Yeah. Only the Holy Spirit can brood over the darkness of the deep, over the face of the waters. He can do the hovering. He's the one that comes down because he's up. Jesus ascended and he's coming back down. When he was on earth, what did he do? He led. Mm -hmm. Follow me. What does that imply? Get behind me and follow me. I'm going this way. So leadership is about who is willing to be out front. Not who's willing to be on top. Who's willing to be out front? Who's willing to take the bullet? Who's willing to take the criticism? Who is willing to take the knocks, the bumps, the bruises. Mm-hmm. Occasionally the praise. But mostly, who wants to be responsible for the right. most stuff? Put that dude up front. Right. But the whole top thing, don't nobody want to be on top. They think they want to be on top. Narcissists want to be on top because they want to control you. Being on top is about control. Mm. 
being ahead, being the lead, is about responsibility. So if you find somebody that wants to be on top of you, I'm on top of things in this organization, then you're implying everybody else beneath you. If you're in front of things on this, if you're in front of things in this organization, it implies everybody's behind you. And if you got people behind you, you desperately want them to know where you're going. And you're always going to calibrate their minds to that. But these dudes that want to be on top, their heads wind up in the clouds. And let me tell you something. For some people, top is relative. The second floor can make their heads dizzy. Mm. <laughs> right? It ain't got to yeah. be the hundredth floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people get to the third floor and they're like, I'm the head usher at this church. Mm. I'm running team lead. Team lead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You lost your mind over being a team lead? Yeah. <laughs> the word lead messed you up that bad? I'm a starter. You ain't LeBron James. <laughs> you ain't Kevin Durant. Yeah. Everybody, I, I, I hope that's sinking in. That's all I'm saying. I hope it's sinking in that everything ain't about you. Everything ain't about your feelings. Some stuff, some stuff is just called work. Some stuff is just called Tuesday. Some stuff is just called Wednesday. Some stuff is just called they had a bad day. Mm. They don't got nothing against you, really. He's had a bad day. Yeah. Everything can't be about you. Everybody ain't hating on you. So, yeah. So being in the in the last 26 years going th through the you said four churches that you were working at, correct? Embassy City, uh, I'm I'm sorry, let me back up. So, uh God's Way Holiness Fellowship is where I gave my life to Jesus, my parents' church. They pastored bivocational. Mm -hmm. It was in a bowling alley. The day I got, gave my life to Jesus. They were in a banquet room of a bowling alley. That's where they were having church service. That's where I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, 97 through 2010, Potter's House. 2011 through 2015, Gateway. Mm -hmm. 2015 through uh, 2022, Embassy City. Four churches. Got you. 27 years. So you said that you've seen the the craziness of people who want to be on the top, and they're basically whole narcissist whole. All, all the way. Whole. So we've seen that now. We've covered that. The other side, we were talking about uh, kids who you know get the trophy when they're in kindergarten. It creates like a little bit of a mindset. Have you seen that? And how did you navigate in that regard? Yeah, I have seen. Um, I, I have seen what we'll, we'll call it the trophy mentality. Mm -hmm. The trophy mentality bothers me mm -hmm. um, because uh, it implies that doing the bare minimum mm -hmm. should be celebrated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you coming to work on time <laughs> should constitute special recognition. You're just supposed to come to work on time. Mm -hmm. like, uh, wh what? You know what I mean? Like, like you cleaning your room. If you're a teenager, please, please take this advice. <laughs> you cleaning your room 
deserves an allowance. They gave you a room <laughs> that you didn't pay for, blankets that you didn't buy, clothes that you didn't purchase. The least you can do is pick up them shoes you begged for but didn't have the money to buy and put them in a place that's not scattered across the whole house. It's the least you can do. Ain't get no award for that. <laughs> Ain't get no game card for that. Yeah. Ain't, stop. No, so that trophy mentality just, 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 um, it makes people that did the bare minimum think they they overachieved, mm-hmm. and they haven't. Yeah. So I hope I answered that question. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, in, in your time of of leading as well, mm-hmm. you were always doing therapy, right? Always. Did you would you submit to your staff do therapy, or was it like a requirement? Um, I submitted that they do it. I, I tried to lead by example and let everybody, but everybody's on their own journey. So I, I couldn't make it a prerequisite mm-hmm. because um, unless you want to do this, mm-hmm. you'll never get out of it what you're supposed to. Yeah. I actually I actually did invest in some people uh, to go to an intensive and um, be, I wanted them to have the same experience I did but they didn't want to have the same experience I did. And I realized I can no longer invest thousands of dollars in people that don't want to change. <laughs> mm. Like they got to let me know that first. Yeah. I can't just be giving you, yeah. oh man, you know what? I want to bless you with this. Uh, if you're not ready for it, it's not going to be a blessing to you. It's going to be a curse. They'll just sit there with their arms crossed. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> oh, let me, uh, I'll read you a verse that um, popped out to me a few days ago, just in terms of investment. This might help um, some parents. Let me find it. It was 17. Uh, Proverbs 17. It is senseless to pay tuition to educate a fool since he has no heart for learning. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't giving handouts back then. The Bible be wild in some Yo, the Bible be Bibling. (laughs) Don't it though? The Bible be show enough Bibling. Oof. Is that not crazy, fam? That's, That's exactly what you said. Like, just mm-hmm. it was in the Bible. <laughs> it's, it. Yeah, I did. Don't sleep on the Bible. I'll pull it closer to your face. Could be focused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, dude! I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm serious about that book. Yeah, I did. But that's a that's a yeah. The Bible be bibling. It'll tell you straight up. So don't make the investment in somebody that's not going to be able to handle it. Yeah. All right. So we do have uh, a lot of people that sent in some voice message questions. I'm all with it. You want to go with it? I'm with it. All right. Let's I'm ready. get it. All right. We got our first one. She doesn't have a name on her Instagram, but maybe she'll say it here. Sweet. All right. Here we go. So I would really just want to sit down with Pastor Ross and you and Sam to discuss... Raising a child for such a time as this. Mm. Um, In this generation that I'm a part of and the generations that are following mine, I'm 33, my husband is 32. We're expecting our first child at the end of June. And we know that God has given us this life to steward. He has spoke specific specific things about him to us. And what we see the world that is around us and we see, you know, 
And we know this testing challenge is raising a child, but how do we steward that life? Like, how do we allow him to be all that God has predestined him to be in, at this time? And so I just really would like to sit down with somebody and discuss that. How can we do that in this generation that we're called to be bold for Christ? So dope. Man, I love these Q, these Q and A's. This is they're precious. Salute, bro. Salute to y'all for coming up with this because this is so dope. So, um, every generation has its challenges. Mm-hmm. Every single generation has its challenges. I want you to imagine. Yeah, I want you to imagine um, the people um, that decided to head west wow. in wagons. Yeah. I- I'm talking like covering territory that was unknown until they knew it every inch of it with babies in the back and they're thinking the same thing she's thinking Mm -hmm. how do i raise this child in these conditions Mm -hmm. right 1800s 1900s 2000s 2010s now we're in the 2020s they're about to have their first child she's 33 he's 32 first child on the way they're looking at 2023 world and thinking about the next two decades of raising this child in this environment, right? What is it going to be between 2023 and 2043, right? It's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. It's going to be some issues. It's going to be some craziness. You're awesome. It's going to be some, it's going to be some good. It's going to be some bad. It's going to be some ups. It's going to be some downs. My best encouragement is, um, we have a responsibility uh, as believers in Jesus Christ, raising our kids to make God known to them. Mm-hmm. Here, here is, here is uh, really my mindset. I'm, I'll speak as a father. Juliet would probably say something as a mom. Um, but as a father, to the best of my ability, I don't want to misrepresent the character of God as father mm. to my kids. Yeah, I don't want to misrepresent that character. That's good. I'm not batting a thousand on that because I'm human. But to the best of my ability, I don't want to misrepresent the character of God to my kids, which means I don't want to do anything that they would turn around and be like, God is probably the same way my dad is. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I can't approach God because I can't approach my dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm trying to mm-hmm. make sure I don't do. Yeah. Um, with that said, they're going to be exposed to the world. And as parents, it's our assignment to be attuned, fully attuned to our children to the point that we can help them navigate the vicissitudes of life. There goes a nice little juicy big word. What, where do, what does that mean? Vicissitudes, the changes, the, the wow. ebbs and flows of life. It's a beautiful word. It's a beautiful word. So um, uh, I, I strongly encourage you to love that baby. Make sure you and your husband love each other. One of the greatest gifts that you could give your kids is a beautiful bond between you and your spouse. Mm-hmm. You have no idea, even at uh, the age uh, and stage for babies between the first 18 to 30 months, they know if they are in a house mm-hmm. that has love. Oh, yeah. Not just for wow. the baby, yeah. but for each other. Yeah. There's a there's a stableness that baby knows. There's no vibrations here. Mm. My parents 
they, they don't know this right yeah. consciously, mm -hmm. but they know there's love in this house. My parents love each other. Mm. There's not a lot of yelling here. <laughs> there's not a lot of, you know what I mean? They, yeah. Like they wow. intrinsically, they know the ground's not shaking. Mm -hmm. This is a stable environment. This is beautiful for me. So, um, uh, and then uh, let me give you a, a sweet gift that I got from uh, my friend uh, Matt Rosenberg, who's a uh, Messianic Jewish rabbi. So uh, one of the most famous scriptures in Proverbs that we always quote is train up a child in the way they should go and when they're older, they would not depart from it. And the way we mean that is I'm going to do my best to train my child in godly values. That way, when they get out of my house, something will click in them and they won't they won't go away from it. Mm. That's not what it means. <laughs> That's not the Jewish interpretation of that verse. Mm. So the Jewish interpretation of that verse is if you don't correct a novice while they're a novice, mm. then when they grow up, they won't receive correction. Mm. Dang. And a novice in that particular verse is a teenager. Yeah. So if you don't correct your teenager and they receive the correction then when they grow up and get older they'll never receive correction wow mm. so what is what is the what is the goal as parents for our children be heart monitors mm. is the heart still soft that's good how easily do they cry <clears throat> How easily do they repent and apologize? Mm. How easily they can they admit that they're wrong? Do you recognize pride in your child? Mm. And do you call it out of them? Do you recognize selfishness in your child? And do you call it out of them? Do you recognize the narcissistic tendencies and call it out of them? Because let's be, let's be clear, every child starts off as a narcissist. Every baby, every human being, let me put it that way, every human being starts off as a narcissist. They only care about themselves. <laughs> Wah! Feed me. Wah! Change me. Wah! I'm in pain and I don't know how to stop it. Wah! For no reason. <laughs> Everything's about them. Yep. And at 18 months, two years, uh, 24 months, 36 months, mine! No! Mine! No! Mine! got to start going I said put it down yeah I said stop it and I meant it you got to start doing all of that why you start chipping away at that narcissism and letting them know the world's bigger than you fam you you could not you there was no way for you to know that when you first entered the world you've been here for 48 months now the world's bigger than you. You got a sister coming. Deal with it. Mm. <laughs> you got a brother coming. Yeah. Deal with it, right? You were born into a family of 10. Deal with it, right? So um, that's, the, that's the mindset that I have. Um, and I hope, that, I hope that's helpful for, for her. It's a great question, though. All right, we got one from Kirsten. Hey, Hector, I just wanted to respond to your story prompt. Um, so my question is, how should you go about supporting your friends around you when you feel so drained yourself? Um, I've had a lot of friends around me recently going through challenging things. 
Uh, by nature, I'm an Enneagram too, so helping people is something that brings me great joy and fulfillment, and it's very hard for me to sit by and watch someone struggle when I feel like I can do something to help. Um, I just want to do everything I can to love and support them, be in person for them that I wish I had in that situation. The problem is that I am really mentally and physically worn out right now with situations that I'm dealing with, but I also feel really horrible if I just sit by and, like, don't offer any help or advice. Um, You know, I've heard the saying, like, on an airplane, you have to put on your own oxygen mask before you help the person sitting next to you put on theirs, but I just can't. I help. I can't help but feel like there's not a better piece of advice or a better way about going about things. I would love to hear. Sweet. So um, <laughs> I empathize with this woman greatly because I'm wired a lot like her. I don't subscribe to the Enneagram stuff anymore. Um, I like. Um, I I love learning about myself, mm-hmm. and then when I find out more information, and with with Enneagram, I won't go into like a big revolt of it I, I i just don't subscribe to it for myself anymore yeah. but i do understand what it means to help um and i have taken enneagram so i do and, and i'm a two yeah on the enneagram i just don't mm. look at myself through that lens yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. yeah. um uh so I, I i i help people and i realize that um until i put that oxygen mask on myself and breathe deeply I'm not talking about like taking two good puffs and then passing, (laughs) right? Right. I'm talking about until I breathe deeply in my own mask that belongs to me. Yep. (laughs) I couldn't help anybody else. Yep. Now, remember who that mask is to be shared with. Mm. It's usually a minor or someone else that's, uh, that may not have the wherewithal to put on their own mask. Yeah. But every seat on the plane has a mask over their head. Yeah. And once they are deployed, you're responsible for putting on your own oxygen mask and breathing deeply. So what I want to ask my dear sister Kirsten, is did this person actually ask for your advice Mm. or are you trying to offer it unsolicited? Mm. Is the situation you're watching a car wreck, but you ain't driving? Mm. Is the situation you're watching a car wreck and you ain't even in the car? (laughs) Here's what I learned as a helper. I have to stop attempting to prevent the crash Mm. and learn to be good at showing up to car wrecks. Yeah. Yeah. Paramedics don't stop car crashes. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. They help people after the cars crash. Right. Traffic lights are supposed to stop car crashes. Yeah. Not paramedics. <laughs> so some of the best advice that we could give people happen after the accidents happen mm. or after the mistakes happen or after the trials. Why? Because they need to learn. And some people don't learn until after. 
So my encouragement <laughs> is take care of yourself, especially if you find yourself at the end where you're like, my margins are running really, really thin. Girl, you better help yourself. Mm-hmm. You better help yourself because ain't nobody coming to help you. If you helping everybody and they not helping you, then when you die, what happens? If the ten, if 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 ten people start drowning at once, and there's only three lifeguards lifeguards on duty, seven people gonna die. Yeah. Can't help everybody. Right. It's kind of a tragedy. Right. It's never happened in the history of oceans. Right. Ten people are drowning at once, and only three lifeguards are on duty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to save everybody. You better pick somebody. Because mm-hmm. I bet you don't get to everybody. Yeah. Somebody going to die. Yeah. The tide is taking somebody out. So we cannot, we cannot have a savior complex. We cannot help everybody. We cannot save everybody. Do what is within your means and then go home. What did your wife tell you that she, she wishes sometimes you wouldn't go chase after people into the ocean, but you were on the harbor or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So, so... um uh, Juliet, uh, uh, cause I, again, I have, I have massive empathy for Kirsten cause I used to be her. So, so I, I wanted to help everybody. Mm-hmm. You're drowning. Take this rope. Yeah. And they're just splashing in the water and <laughs> I'm like the rope, <laughs> grab the rope. Yeah. And they're, and they're just splashing, splashing, splashing. And then Juliet's like, baby, they don't know they're drowning. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'm tired of seeing you standing over the dock trying to convince people they're drowning. Mm-hmm. If they don't know it, yeah. you can't help them. Yeah. She said, babe, I would like to see you stand at the dock. Sit at the dock. Mm-hmm. Chill out at the dock. <laughs> and if somebody says, help, I'm drowning, save them. Mm-hmm. But I'm tired of seeing you trying to convince people that they're drowning yeah. when they don't believe it themselves. That thing freed me. <laughs> I got delivered that day. Yeah. I promise you. I ain't tried to help nobody since. <laughs> they don't call me. I ain't helping them. <laughs> if you don't know you're drowning, I'm not going to help you. Point blank, period. So that's that. Can I um, add another layer to this? Please. Because going with the uh, airplane analogy, uh, what if they're sitting next to someone who they travel with a lot who I'm not going to reach for my mask. Mm. This person's got it for me. Mm. Can you, can you touch on that dynamic? I can. Yes, please. In that scenario, you have to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that you have made this person codependent on you. Mm. That's the first thing that has to be acknowledged. Yeah. I helped you be this person. Yeah. You haven't taken advantage of me. I gave you permission to take advantage of me. Yep. And I have to acknowledge that I have helped you in ways that you didn't even need no help. Mm. Yeah. And now at a time that you need to, re- to, to pull on some inner strength, you don't have it because I actually took it from you. Wow. I'm going to have to give that back. Dude. Because wow. I'm not giving you my mask today. Yeah. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to despise you. Yeah. Instead of grabbing your mask, 
instead of grabbing their mask, they're going to cuss you out for 30 minutes mm -hmm. about how you're not sharing yours and you've changed. And I can't believe you would do this to me. Yep. And how how can you see me in this situation and you won't help me? Yep. I just need a little bit of help. No, you've needed a little bit of help for a decade. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's the dynamic that I felt when I heard that message was that there's someone that's saying, I don't care about your problems. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to mine. Mm hmm. And so I felt like we needed to get that advice out there, too, for it. Yep. That's helpful. And we can't rec we can't reward uh, cruelty with our loyalty. Absolutely correct. We can't do that. Mm -mm. Not at all. And like you've said on the pod, they will gaslight you on the way out. Oh, they will. They're going to talk about you like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> because when you've been dancing one way for a long time and you choose not to dance yeah. that way anymore, yeah. then, then you mess up people's rhythm and how they interact with you yep. and experience you. And that's got to be taken into consideration. But you have to own your participation in it. Right, instead of just being like, I can't believe you talking about that. I made you. I made you be who you are. Yeah, that's on me. I I need to take that. That's good. Here we go from Satius. How would you handle if the Holy Spirit is showing you that the leadership at your church is not actually yielding to the Spirit of God? and the word of God in every aspect, but more so just on their own agenda. Do you sit down and talk with leadership? Do you take it to someone else in leader in a lower leadership position? Like what should be done? Is that a sign to leave the church? What should be done about that? It's a good question. All right, so let me get this. Um, this word came up. This is not going to be like a direct. This is not apples to apples. This is like apples to an orange. Did I spell it right? Oh, oh, it was it wasn't King James version. My bad, because this is a King James turn. Okay, so this is Ephesians six nineteen, and before I read it, uh. Yeah. Um, before I read it, let me just first say, when you're a parishioner in a church or a congregant in a church and, and you feel like the Holy Spirit told you that there's, you know, something awry in leadership, mm -hmm. you pray. That's your that that's your primary assignment. I need to pray for my leadership. They're missing something. I need to pray for it. Okay. So that's number one. You don't go talk to start. You don't start talking about them. You don't start talking to other people about them. You pray. If the Holy Spirit sincerely shows you that, he shows you that to pray, not to talk. Okay. Mm -hmm. Numero uno. Numero dos. Um, Ephesians chapter number six, verse number 19. Again, this is not apples to apples. It's like apple to orange. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I'll explain it after I read it. Uh, and pr Paul says this, and pray for me. 
Well, let me read 18 and then 19. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers. Okay? That includes your leadership. All believers everywhere. <laughs> and pray for me too. Oh, let me, that, that inflection was wrong. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. So uh, the reason why I had to look it up, because in King James, it actually says utterance. Uh, and, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So here's why the word resonates with me so much, because um, at, in your prayer time, if this is something that the Holy Spirit keeps in your heart as a burden, mm -hmm. you want, and I strongly encourage you to do so, you want to pray that the Lord would give you a window of opportunity to communicate this to leadership. Hear me, hear me what I'm saying. You want to pray that the Lord give you a window of opportunity to communicate this to leadership. I did not say write an email to leadership. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Please hear what I did not say. Yeah. I did not say write an email to leadership Throw something anonymous in the in the tithing box that, you know, right on the back of your offering envelope. Y'all ain't doing right in the name of Jesus. No. If, the, if God keeps this persistent on your heart, pray about it. And then also pray, God, would you give me an opportunity to share this with somebody in leadership? And if that's supposed to happen, that will materialize. It's happened in my life several times. That's my advice. Uh, this is from Angel. Angel. Hey, man. I appreciate you guys doing this. So uh, just right now, I'm struggling with uh, being jobless. Um, my, my girlfriend just uh, bought a home, and I did not contribute a dime to it. So, But I'm just trying to work. I'm trying to find a good job. I got laid off uh, about three months ago. And uh, just dealing with a lot of social pressures on, you know, the man has to provide and uh, financially and, you know, right now I'm just working in that department and and, um, and struggling, but um, but I'm trying. Um, so if you happen to hear this, um, hopefully it could be on the pod. And just the question I would say is, how do how do you struggle with um, the unknown in um, particularly in a, in a job or career? My man, Angel. 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 Great question. Uh, first of all, I love you. And I'm proud of you. Thank you for uh, mentioning this. So uh, there's a couple of things in there that I heard. Number one, you know, you had a job and you got laid off. Right? That's the antithesis of, like, being a bum, mm. deadbeat, mm. you know, somebody that lacks motivation. You had a job, you got laid off. You were gainfully employed, you got laid off. Bruh, jobs ain't out here just laying in the street. Good jobs, and it's not out here just laying in the street ready to get scooped up. And so 90 days, you're par for the course for somebody that has to re-enter trying to navigate the workforce to secure another job. So first thing I want to say is that you're very, very normal. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Very, very normal. Yeah. 
Um, as it relates to the societal norm, the, the societal pressures of the man must be the provider. May I remind you that when I got married to Juliet, I did not have a job for nine months. Mm-hmm. Not three months, fam. Nine. Mm-hmm. I'm talking. Came home. I didn't have a job for nine months we got married may 1st of 1999 june july august september october november december january february of the next year mm-hmm. is when i was gainfully employed again wow. i just want to let that marinate yeah okay and i know what the pressure is to hear people i know what it is to get up forget hearing people to hear my own inner critic mm-hmm. telling me bro you're she ain't going to stay with you. You ain't even got no job. I got up every morning, made sure Juliet had breakfast. I got her off to work. I was the stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Well, well, I wasn't. I was a stay-at-home husband. We didn't have no kids. Yeah. But I was a stay-at-home husband, and 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 uh, and we and, and it was just the season we were in, man. It was tough. It was tough. Mm-hmm. And it was temporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That needs to be said. It was tough, and it was temporary. And afterwards, it all blew over. Now, Angel, (laughs) about to bring up something else that you probably don't want me to bring up. And I don't have full context to it, so I'm just going to go with what you said. (laughs) Your girlfriend bought a house. (laughs) Your girlfriend bought a house. You had nothing to do with it. That doesn't bother me one bit. Y'all live together? Because I'm just trying to say, if you rock with the basement, <laughs> I'm just going to have to ask some questions. You opened it up. Angel, I just need to ask some questions. Is this your girlfriend? Is this your fiance? Y'all going to get married? What y'all doing? Y'all having premarital sex up in that house? What y'all doing? <laughs> just trying to figure out what y'all doing. Again, Dio Tem. Dio Temoteo. Como se dice mentor. Teacher. Maestro. Maestro, right? Dio tem es maestro in el sótano. El sótano, right? Tutor. Tutor, tutor sí. Dio tem es tutor in el sótano. Sótano. I think it's sótano. Juli, mm-hmm. is it sótano? El sótano. No so- sótano, el sótano. El sótano. Sí, sí, sí. Okay, okay. Okay, gracias. So, tío Tim es tutor en el sótano. <laughs> if y'all are going to get married, get married. Don't make it about no job, fam. If she rocking with you still, it's been 90 days, and this is truly temporary, I, need you, I just need y'all to get on a pathway. For marriage, right? This, this is this is what a lot of a lot of people won't tell you. Okay, I don't. If you had sex before, and you're not married, all I'm going to ask you to do is stop. Mm-hmm. I ain't got no stone to throw at you. I ain't got nothing to. I ain't got nothing to say except stop. That's what we do when we find out we're doing something that God tells us not to do. What does He want us to do? He just wants us to stop. Yeah. He's not telling us to go pay back taxes. <laughs> 
on prior sins, right? Mm. Or indiscretions. He just tells you to stop, change your way of thinking. And so what I'm going to say is if you are with this girl, um, if you are uh, with this girl and um, it's a situation where um, y'all are not married and y'all living in the same house, all I'm going to say is if this is the one, move towards marriage. May not be right this minute. But I'm just saying, I heard that, and you know what podcast this is, so I couldn't ignore it. We all heard it. The dwellers, okay, the okay. dwellers were okay. like, ah. okay, I just, you know what I mean? I heard what I heard. And we love you on Hey, yo, and this is about accountability. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes, exactly. People don't, some people, sometimes people are in a situation just because they don't have accountability. Mm -hmm. It's easy to wind up in a situation where you ain't got accountability. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just calling it. That's what we do here. We, this is a safe space. We're going to call each other out. When it's something that we need to address. So that was my thing. And I could be wrong. He could have been like, bro, I said, girlfriend, that's my wife. And we've been married two years. What are you talking about? <laughs> then I'm wrong. All good. Good to keep going? Yeah, let's go. Easy. Hey, how's it going, Hector? Um, definitely a big fan of The Basement with Tim Ross. And uh, um, I think a few of the topics I would want to see spoken about a little bit deeper and maybe i'm able to offer insight just from my experiences uh dealing with unique grief you know i've lost both parents and a lot of different people in my life and what it looks like to see some literal promises of god um not being able to be to come to pass all while still obeying um and just mm -hmm. that distinction between suffering and joy how they're tied together very siamese twins like but also in some of the professional work i do um, of just the nuances of sacred work in secular spaces, um, even specifically D&I work and frustration sometimes with Christians not seeing opportunities to evangelize in normal situations in a marketplace. So that's some of my uh, perspectives, yeah. My dude. What's his name? Uh, I want, I'm probably not saying it correctly, but Emiola. Uh, Emiola. Emiola. All right, Emiola. So... So thank you, man. I appreciate you. Um, yeah. So uh, first, dealing with unique grief, um, uh, I, I I can't imagine what it's like to live uh, without your parents. Mm -hmm. um, I I haven't experienced that type of grief mm -hmm. yet. Um, the normal cycle of life is that your parents should pass before you. Um, but even then, we want them to be real old when they do, right? Yeah. Nice full life. So so um, uh, my deepest condolences to the loss of both of your parents. Uh, but I do understand unique grief. I lost a younger brother. Um, I, and I've lost family and friends um, in in numbers that, most people don't deal with in a lifetime. Uh, and as a result, I under, I'm, I'm well acquainted with grief. And uh, I, I can remember the deepest, darkest depression I had is when I lost Miles. And uh, I, I remembered, I literally thought that anything that I did that brought me joy pleasure or happiness was disrespectful 
to the grieving process that I was having with my brother. So my grief um, got so dark that it went into that, that I, that it didn't go into anything. I invited in the spirit of depression and that spirit of depression convinced me I should never be happy again. I should never laugh again. Like I remember feeling guilty the first time I laughed after miles died. Wow. Cause I thought I can't laugh because then I'm dishonoring my grief in his death, which obviously was a lie, but it's a lie I believed at the time because, because a lie on your most vulnerable day sounds like the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody needs to write that down. That'll help you on a day that's, that's gray or worse. A lie during a moment of vulnerability will sound like the truth. Doesn't make it the truth. It just sounds like the truth. Okay. Don't believe me. Ask Eve. So um, when you're dealing with grief, I love the way you articulated it. You are literally holding both and. It's not either or. You're holding both and. There, there are still things that you can point to that bring you joy, that bring you happiness, that bring you pleasure while still holding the grief of the loved one that you lost. And the more, in therapy we call this integrating the negative realities, right? It's, it's not either or, it's both and, right? I am, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm more fulfilled in my job than I've ever been in my life. And I miss my mother in ways that I cannot put into words. My heart is in pain every single day. But I thought you just said you're more fulfilled in your job than you've ever been in your life. Yes. And I've cycled through every one of my mom's voice notes that she's ever left me. And now I'm never going to take the SIM card out of this iPhone because I don't want to lose her voice forever. Two things can be true. You got to be able to hold attention to both. Moving on to um, secular... Um, sacred calling in secular spaces. I've, I've said this ad nauseum and I'll keep saying it. The church is whack at releasing people into the marketplace. Just whack. They're trying to save people from the marketplace. Get a job here. Do it for the kingdom. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so dumb. Do you know what would happen if Joseph of Arimathea was one of Jesus's disciples? He wouldn't have had no money. <laughs> to buy the tomb for Jesus. I'm talking yeah. about like, yeah. quit everything and follow me. Yeah. Your boy was paid. Bro had money. We need people with money to do stuff. You need people in the marketplace. We need people in the arts and entertainment sector. We need people in media. We need people in government. We need people in business. We need people in the medical field. We need people in tech. We need people in oil and gas. We need people in, you know, Bitcoin. You know, we need people in, I don't know why I said we need people in Bitcoin. I don't even know what that means. Like Bitcoin is a company. I work for Bitcoin. (laughs) Sure. Whatever. If you say so. Um, Yeah, we, we just don't help people navigate uh, being a sacred person in a secular space. And we're ready to boycott everything that doesn't line up with our Judeo-Christian values, but your light is on a dimmer mm. where you work. Mm. You mean to tell me, okay, so 
So you're you're mad that Chick Fil A now has a diversity and inclusion department, but you work for Charles Schwab, and nobody knows you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm. Tell me which one's worse. Mm. You're not gonna get it. You ain't gonna eat a Chick Fil A sandwich no more and those delicious waffle fries. Ooh. Because they might be open to even considering fair treatment for gays, lesbians, transgenders, bisexuals, queer, asexual, and whatever the I stands for. I don't know. And the plus sign. I don't know. What are we talking about? Right? We're, we're not going to be a light. Yeah. Wherever you are, whether you work for Dell, whether you work for Krispy Kreme, whether you work for Delta Airlines. AOL. A- <laughs> MSN. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> Bing. Did you just name the most irrelevant <laughs> social engines and search engines available in the world today? If you work for Yahoo, <laughs> ask Jeeves. <laughs> this is devolving quick. I support you in the marketplace. I support you being empowered to be the light that Jesus called you to be. And I hope something I've said has resonated with you. Mm-hmm. Before we go on this one, because this is something that's that's uh, happening in the world today, most recently Target, where it's the they're canceling stores. They're cancel like Christians no longer shop here because they are supporting uh, the gays and the satanic stuff and stuff like that. Hmm. My question is. Is that the right way to go about it? I have a, you know, I think my second or third pod was about the fact that I didn't like what Disney was putting out yeah. and I canceled my subscription. Yeah. Um, Actions speak louder than words Yeah. in this situation. If you ain't got a problem with Target, take your money away. Yeah. I bet you, I bet they listen to you then. Yeah. But all the like, I don't like, every time Christians pick at something, yeah. I just shake my head. I'll be, be going, y'all, this is stupid. Yeah. The picket signs are just dumb, right? People are born into sin and shaping into iniquity. What do you expect them to do? Yep. Yep. You know what I was doing before I gave my life to Jesus? Sinning. Yeah. You know what I have to fight since I gave my life to Jesus? Sinning. Yeah. What are we talking about, bro? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what my issue is, is like I'm seeing it's painting such a narrative that, oh, like, people who love Jesus hate other people. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. This ain't, hate and disagree are two different things. Right. But I can disagree by withholding my money. Right. You will feel that more than you will hear me. Why would I need to yell something? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not going to come buy your stuff. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree with it. You're clearly making a decision that I'm not comfortable supporting. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get my $20. Yeah. Or my $53. Yeah. I'm not going to buy no more Harvest Trail Mix from you. You know what I mean? I'm not coming in there to get a pair of jeans. I'm not coming in there to get whatever. 
Yeah. Like, I, just take your money away. If it's that much of a problem, take your money away. But most people would rather get loud than to be inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. I go back to the Alabama boy uh, uh, bus boycotts. They, they, the Alabama bus boycotts, they boycotted that bus for 13 months. Not 13 minutes. Yeah. Not 13 de- days. Not 13 weeks. 13 months black people stayed off them buses. Mm-hmm. It cost that bus company over a million dollars. And guess what? They let them niggers back on the bus and said, sit wherever you want. Mm. You dang right. We didn't have to yell. Yeah. We just took our money away. Now, we mar- there was a march. Mm. Then there was action. Right. You heard us. Now you're going to feel us. It's mm. good. In word and in deed, I'm about to boycott this. Yeah. Right? Because I ain't got to take it. But let's not act like we being persecuted because Target wants to throw up a rainbow flag. If you don't like it, you ain't got to go to Target. Take yourself right back over to that rollback happy face at Walmart and handle your business. And if they got a flag, start supporting your mom and pop stores more. Hmm. Take your behind back to Mardell's. (laughs) Go to Hobby Lobby. Shout out Mardell. Okay. Do something. So don't talk about it, be about it. That's what I'm going to say to that. That's good. Got another one? Yeah. Good to go. I love these. From (laughs) Rosie. Rosie. Things that uh, currently caught my attention was this last episode, um, and it's in my current situation um, where the gentleman from Puerto Rico, um, he was explaining to him how he loves his mom, um, uh, but he was raised differently with expectations. And uh, one of the things that keeps standing out to me and would love to see the basement elaborate is on the and that Tim Ross keeps mentioning. I believe that brings freedom um, if we just elaborate more and give scenarios and situations. I know in my current situations, I come from a dysfunctional family, and so I want to honor my parents, but yet make room for the and um, because, uh, because we tend to project of how we were, we were growing up unto God and so that's probably one of my biggest struggles. Oh, so grateful for Rosie. <laughs> so, so, so let's lean in on the and. Let's elaborate on the and. Thank you, Rosie. I really appreciate uh, your comment. So, so the and is the and is so important because um, the and allows for honor mm. and honesty. Mm. And when you come from a dysfunctional family, you need both. You need both in a in a in a, a functional family in a healthy family, but you definitely need it in a in a dysfunctional family because you got to be able to honor the best that your parents could do for you, yeah. and <laughs> be able to acknowledge the toxicity that hindered them from doing better. Yeah, ooh, we cooking right now. <laughs> we cooking right now, right? So it's got to be. I love what my parents were able to do. Despite their dysfunction. And I have to acknowledge the places where I was damaged because of their dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And as a result now, I need to make a pivot in my own life 
still honoring you, but now making some different choices so that I can be healthier than you all were. Now, yeah. it gets very, very complicated when that um, uh, dysfunctional, dysfunctional family dynamic uh, starts talking back. Oh, so you think you're better than us now? Oh, so you're not going to honor me by da 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 da. Oh, you think our family is, you know, you know. Oh, so 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 I guess I guess you're disowning us now. No, no, no. This is called a boundary. Mm. <laughs> I'm mm. so sorry. It's it's not it's it's not it's not a brick wall. Yeah. It's a chain link fence. Yeah. It's a boundary, nonetheless. Right. I'm not trying to block my way from you getting to me or me getting to you, but I do need to put a boundary in place mm. where I can control the level of relationship I'm going to have with you so that I can be a healthy person. I cannot allow your toxicity to bleed over into my life because if I do, we're going to repeat the same narrative over and over and That's over good. again. So, yes, mommy, I love you. Yes, there's going to be Mother's Day. I just found out that um, Latin America has a different Mother's Day than than uh, America. Latino Mother's Day. I, 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 Latina, <laughs> I guess it would be Latina Mother's Day. It's not called Latina Mother's Day. It's just Mother's, it's mother's Day in South America. And um, it's on a different day. It's like the same day every year. Um, it doesn't like hit the weekend. Mm. It's like whatever the day is, that's the day. Oh, interesting. Anyway, right? So you're going to be celebrated and 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 loved, right? And exalted on that day. I love my mom. I love my dad. And I don't come over all the time mm -hmm. anymore. Because mm -hmm. all y'all do is drink, smoke, and talk about the other family members. Yep. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go home smelling like smoke. I like you better when you're sober. And that usually happens when we go out. Not when we stay home. Yeah. So I'll meet you at Gloria's. I'll meet you at mm -hmm. Eddie V's. I want, I want to celebrate you in spaces where we can all enjoy each other's company. Yeah. But I'm not going to put myself in a hostile environment that triggers me back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Just because you're my parent. Yeah. When you were, when I was young, I had to do that because I lived in your house. Where else was I going to go? But once I became an adult, I get to control how I navigate with this family. Mm. And may I remind you, oh, this is about to free somebody and piss somebody off at the same time. There is nothing wrong with getting surrogate parents when you become an adult. For all y'all that have them dysfunctional families, you can get you a surrogate parent. You can get you a mother figure or a father figure that you always wish your daddy would be or you always wish your mommy would be without even saying, like, this person's better than my mom. Mm. No, my mom, is, my mom has done the best she can do with her life, and this woman has attributes that I've always wanted in my mom. I know my mom doesn't have the capacity to give it to me, and so she supplements that for me. He supplements that for me. I get something out of him I don't even get from my own father. I'm not disowning my father. I'm just saying that this man 
gives me something that I always wish my dad gave me, but doesn't, but lacks the capacity. And so I'm going to be able to get it from this person over here and I can hold the tension of both. I don't have to dishonor my dad to honor this father figure in my life. I just think I'm thankful to the, that the Lord would give me both. Yeah. Hope that helps. Love you, Rosie. <laughs> uh, we got one, uh, one from an anonymous person, but I, it's a, she just texted it to, to and on Instagram, but it's, it was funny. And I was like, let's, let's throw her a chance. Cause okay. she said, Hey Hector, love you guys so much. I can't send a voice message right now because everyone in my, in my house is asleep and I talk really loud. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is already good. <laughs> um, she says, my question is as believers, how do we set boundaries around extending grace? A friend I've only had for about four to five months started exhibiting pretty toxic and manipulative behavior with no intention of making an effort to change or see her wrongs. And so I am the type of person who is very quick to cut you off if <laughs> if that's how you're going to be. I like keeping my circle really small anyways, but one of my other friends I was talking to said, why don't you give her some grace? And that friend, she gave some other context. She said, they, they're, they've been friends for a really long time, this person. Um... But from my standpoint, extending grace shouldn't uh, shouldn't equal putting up with people who are narcissistic, manipulative, and toxic. So what are your limits to grace? It's good. So here's what I would say. Um, as it relates to as it relates to that type of mindset. Um, Sorry to cut you off. That is Abigail, by the way. I know normally you say deuces to her. I know. I want to yeah. give her a hug, but she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Food is here? Thanks. Thank you. Um, so, uh, I give. Pe let me talk. Let me, let me say this first about grace. I have a philosophy around giving people grace, and I call it grace space. I give people grace space, especially somebody new mm. in my life. Maybe I don't have the relational equity in a thousand hours or a hundred hours with them. They clearly don't have it with me. And so I give what is called grace space. And in, and in said grace space, my philosophy is they need room to move around and then to bump into where the boundaries are. Mm -hmm. And if I'm quick to jump on them before they've really had room to move around, I'm not actually showing grace. This is not actually the space that I said it actually is. So grace space for me is move around. Move around. And then when you bump into something, I'm going to say, hey, hey, hey. Get away from there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you can't do that, right? And then they'll move around some more and they might bump in over here. And I'm like, hey, hey, hey. hey let's have a conversation about that. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't talk like that. Mm -hmm. Right? And then you know, move around again, and they bump into something else, and you're like, oh, hey, I'm curious. Why did you do that? I don't have context to that, so kind of tell me what that's about. It's gray space, okay? If you've already identified this person as narcissistic and abusive and, okay, it's a pretty quick read. I don't know how long the relationship has really lasted, right? But it's a pretty quick read, and if you've seen all you've need to, you all you've needed to see, 
put some distance between you and the person. Here's what I caution against. And especially for this, I can't say it's a, it's, it's a generational thing. It's a personality thing. All of you quick to cut off people, I need you to calm down. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Because here's the thing. A lot of y'all are canceling whole seasons when it was nothing but an episode. Wow. This, this wasn't a whole season of it. It's just an episode of it. And do not burn bridges. Do not blow up bridges. If you find yourself in a season of life where you feel like this person is too toxic, make the decision, I don't cross that bridge anymore. But don't burn it and don't blow it up because you just don't know how life works. Yeah, Child, I'm trying to tell you. And if you're under 40, please take my advice. I, I humbly submit this to you. Child, time can change some people for better and worse. But you won't know it if you cut them off. Yeah. Some people come back and apologize. But if there's no bridge there, some people actually want to re-engage and have a relationship with you. But if you blew but if you blew up the bridge, how they gonna get across? Yeah. So don't cancel the whole season when it was only a couple of episodes. It's mm. good, dude. Walter White was everybody's hero for about four and a half seasons. <laughs> and after that, everybody concurred. This nigga needs to die. <laughs> <laughs> He's gotta die. Mm. Right? Beautiful character. My guy has to die. He's going to have to leave. And I'm going to tell you, for me, personally, when he had to die. When he poisoned Jesse's girlfriend's mm-hmm. kid, oh, yep. my, guy, my guy had to go. Yep. I'm so sorry. I'm yep. so sorry, fam. I'm so sorry. Yep. That was too far for me. Mm. Mm. That was too far for me. So Walter had to die. I didn't think I was going to root against Walter. Mm. But once that came, my guy had to go. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so... Sometimes you got to let the narrative of 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 a season play out to really determine where do I put this person. Yeah. And so if if you've watched a couple of episodes and you want to put some distance, that's one thing. But I would caution against writing somebody off already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it could be an episode and you calling it a season. So that's all I say on that. It's good, dude. Uh, this is random sidebar just yep. to keep keep the boys posted and the dwellers. Uh, we did a solo after the Jamie Kilstein up uh, in in that same studio, and I was telling y'all that I was really struggling with the the gray clouds over my head. Yes, and I'm like, okay, I've been to like countless talk therapy sessions, biblical counseling, talk to Sam, talk to my closest friends, like countless hours of just communicating and trying to work through it. So I said, all right, I've been around Tim enough. I've been around Jenna enough. She's done two episodes now. I'm fully convinced. I'm just going to do EMDR. I feel like there's a lot of, there was a lot of prep work and I was ready to go in the oven. Yeah, good, good, good. I did six hours in the last two weeks and, uh, which were like a part, like three hours and three hours. And 
I, bro, I've had a cloud over my head since I was 12 years old. This is the first time in my life where the, I, I, me, the sun is there, but I can see the rays coming through. Mm. Lord have mercy. Wow. And I'm not a crier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like right now, this was the perfect moment to start crying on, on the podcast. That was good. That would be fire. <laughs> <laughs> that would make it go. It's hilarious. But in my EMDR session, I cried. Wow. And we, we did... We did the whole thing, the headphones, the the tappers, the mm -hmm. tappers, uh -huh. Bzz, bzz. Uh -huh, uh -huh. and then I was like, "What? I'm I'm gonna die! Like, what are we doing here? This is <laughs> she's gonna kill me, dude. <laughs> this North Dallas therapist, it's over." Oh my gosh! Um, but I didn't know, and it it unlocked something that I never knew. Oh, I'm so and proud and of you. really the 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 essence of everything is I was just able to let go. Yeah. I know about it. Yeah. I see it. Like she took me back there yes. to those really yeah. dark evil memories. Yes. And now I could just be like, I can let it go. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I just neutralized to, it. That's it. I wanted to let y'all know that I'm on, I'm on a good journey. Good that's journey. Good bro. I'm with it. That's awesome, bro. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, man. That's good work. That's good work. Oh my God. That's so dope. Oh, that's just, that just makes my heart glad. All right, let's do one more because the food's here. Let's do it. And then we'll go bye-bye. All right, food's here. Let's do one more uh, from Anonymous. Do y'all know how much I love y'all? <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all so much. I'm going to be here. I ain't going nowhere. I'm about to do this for a long time. Mm. Long, long time. Can we come? I, yeah, y'all can. We can come? <laughs> yeah, y'all come. All right, this is uh, <laughs> Anonymous from, uh, from Europe. She at least told us that she's from Europe, but it nice. is Anonymous. Okay, great. So my question is, how do you overcome lack of trust in God after a series of disappointments in your faith? So the context is, in 2019, in the middle of one of my lowest moments, I received a prophecy in church from a trusted prophet that in three weeks' time, God was going to turn things around in my life. There wasn't a particular instruction, just a timeline, and I was super hopeful. Long story short, nothing happened, and it was a huge disappointment. I felt really misunderstood when I talked to fellow believers, and I was so angry at God, but after a few months, I decided to let it go. My conclusion was God was sovereign and perfect, and I should have tested the prophecy, so obviously it was no use being mad at God. So fast forward four years later, and I keep noticing a pattern. Me, who has trouble to trust God or be hopeful, who willingly or forcefully sometimes steps in a situation where I need to have faith that things will actually work out. Everything seems to align and point to, yes, this is happening. And sometimes it even seems like God... Okay, so this is not my, not 60 seconds. My apologies. But like I was saying, everything There's seems grace. to align and point to yes, this is happening. And sometimes it even seems like God confirms to me through scripture that it's a go. And then I work on my mindset to get myself out of a place of fear and doubt and into faith. And then at the last moment, things just go left. And I'm left more devastated than I was before. And I've noticed this pattern multiple times, and it just leaves me feeling so angry. I feel unprotected, and I feel really fearful. Do you have any tips on how to work through this? It's really affected my relationship with God. Um, it's hard to talk about it because people sometimes think I want to manipulate God's will or try to get my way, but I legit don't know how to work through this and not be so bitter all the time. I want to trust God and have a better relationship. I just don't know how to how to push through the past, like the hurt and the anger. If you have any tips, that would be amazing. Thank you for all you do. Okay, bye. I love her. Mm -hmm. I know I love her too. Oh my goodness, I love her. I want everybody to be as real as her. 
All right, so. <laughs> so, so, um, first of all, let me acknowledge your disappointment. Mm-hmm. I want to acknowledge your anger. I want to acknowledge the frustration of exercising faith and things not going your way. I, I, it is that's a valid emotion to have. Uh, that's a valid frustration to have. I just want to sit with that real mm-hmm. quick because a lot of times we are quick to dismiss people's experience and to flippantly just kind of be like, "Oh, that ain't nothing, girl." Yeah, exactly. Let me give you this Bible verse. Four years of disappointment, frustration, applying faith. You did the right thing with the quote-unquote trusted prophet. I don't even want to put quotations around it. He's a trusted prophet that got it wrong that day. He got it wrong. Three weeks came, nothing happened. God didn't tell him that. This wasn't about the sovereign will of God dangling a carrot in front of you and then going, psych. Mm, right. Thought you had one. No, 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 no. The the trusted prophet is not batting a thousand. Yeah. The trusted prophet is not hitting every ball out of the park. He meant well. He tried to encourage. It didn't happen, which means God didn't say it. Point blank period. Doesn't make him a bad person. He doesn't need to be stoned. Just means he's fallible and human and he don't always get it all right, as none of us do. You, you, you calibrated that right first, but I just want to acknowledge over the next four years, you risking it all to put your faith out there again. And the pattern that you see over and over and over again is he ain't coming through. And it's left you bitter. It's left you frustrated. It's left you angry. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. I'm going to read a verse that, that you probably already know. Um, I'm submitting this verse to you. You may not want to hear it. I want to give you the context that I want to give it to you through. And then either you're going to be pissed off or uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised at how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. But this is what I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me as you were talking. So it's Daniel chapter number three. And it's when they're about to get uh, thrown into the fiery furnace. You know, they're threatened by Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and uh, I'll read from uh, 14. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true Shadrach, Meshach, uh, I don't like calling them by their slave name. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true Hananiah, Meshach, and Azariah uh, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made uh, when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, mm-hmm. 
We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. What I want to submit to you is you've applied your faith without any buts. And I believe that's where the disappointment has come from. I'm exercising my faith and I'm going to believe it's going to happen. But you haven't put that butt in there. Mm. But if it, even if it doesn't, you're still good. Mm. Even if this doesn't go my way, yeah. you're still holy. Even if this doesn't happen on my timeline, you're still righteous. Even if I don't get what I desperately want, mm -hmm. you're still worthy. Even if I don't get what I've desired, even though I lined it up with your verses that say you give the people, the, the righteous people that love you, the desires of their heart. Even if you don't give me all of that, you are still sovereign and in control of every step I take. Mm -hmm. You're missing some butts. Mm -hmm. I don't tell people to get a lot of butts back, right? I, I tell you to remove butts and get <laughs> ands, right? Yeah. But, but you need this butt. You need a bit if not. Mm -hmm. You need to keep those three words on lock as you apply your faith. But if not, mm -hmm. he is still worthy. I want the promotion, but if not. Mm -hmm. I want the marriage to work, but if not. I want my kid to fully follow Jesus, but if not. I want my loved one to live that has a terminal end. Uh, illness but if not you need your but if not yeah, dude. that'll keep satan from taunting you i promise you you have that but with it if you have that but if not satan won't be able to do nothing with you i'm telling you what i know if you have that but if not everything the enemy tries to throw your way you you'll be like and mm. so daniel Chow, <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me tell you how gangster Daniel is. <laughs> this is so gangster. Oh, this is so gangster. So uh, Daniel in the lion's den, right? What people don't understand is that Daniel's like in his 80s. Mm. He's not a teenager anymore. He's gone through th three kings. Okay? Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus, and now Darius. Uh, who I... I heard some people called Darius, which is hilarious to me. Um, but uh, they, 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 they tell. Well, it's the story of Daniel's life, right? That that he was more capable than than anybody else. Let me just read it. I'm gonna read it from verse number one. It's just too good. Okay. So Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. And he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. In his 80s, he's still doing the same thing he was doing as a teenager. Uh, because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with his rules of with the rules of his religion. 
The only thing they can find fault with him on. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We advisors, uh, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except for except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it can cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, are y'all ready for this? He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, y'all ain't ready, with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He didn't care. Oh, y'all just signed this into law? I'm a government official? Think I'm going to hide and pray? Mm. <laughs> so if you want to know the backstory of why Daniel wound up in the lion's den, that's why. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know why? He had a but if not. Mm -hmm. I've been under secular kings for over 60-something years of my life. God is faithful. Mm -hmm. He can deliver me from this. I saw him do it for my homeboys. But if not, I guess I'll just be home with him. You need your benef not. For every issue in your life, and this goes for all the dwellers, mm. take your but if not with you. You're going to need it. You're going to need your bin. See, I just gave you an acronym. I love it. You're going to need your bin. Take your bin with you. I got my but if not with me. Put it in the chat. I got my but if not with me. God is able, but if not. Mm. That's going to help somebody. I feel that thing. God is able, but if not, we're going to be all right. Gia Ben. I just made a whole acronym for you now. <laughs> God is able, but if not, we gonna be all right. <laughs> That's that tight tribute. Go put that on afterwards. <laughs> God is able, but if not, tight tribute. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get Ty on this pod. Yeah, I need fire. to get Ty on this pod. That'll be fire. Yeah. Um, you're gonna be all right. God has not forgotten you. It has not happened in the timing that you wanted. But he has not forgotten who you are, where you are, why you are. All right, my stomach just growled. I'm about to go eat. I love you guys. Until next time. Peace. We just thought to take a little time out to thank the Lord.